Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. Yes! Oh, it is. It is! The Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Alex Dono and Josh Friedman with you for the next two hours, taking you up until 2 o'clock here on Slam. We are socially distanced, broadcasting from our own homes. But we do have the Amigo and Frank the Tank back at our Slam studios. Frito, it, it looks like, is broadcasting on the original webcam. Or you're running like a 1997 webcam, Frito. Are, are you all right? Uh, how you doing over there? My daughter's <laughs> computer, what can I say? <laughs> The, the, the set the, the sound is great but it, it looks like you have stepped into a DeLorean and then come out in the year 19, 1997. We'll see if, I, if, I, if I get rid of that uh, that's still that's pretty grainy <laughs> uh you're all right I'm just giving you a hard time you know and, and the amigo was giving me a hard time this morning I did a guest spot on good morning amigo today you know talking a little bit about the Joe Kelly stuff and the Houston Astros but you know Larry was going after me probably well deserved probably well-deserved, I'll admit it, for not, like, reaching out in the last week, kind of being incommunicado. Like, we did the show, Frito, you and I, last week, and and I did <laughs> thank everybody. I thank the Amigo. I thank Frank the Tank for bringing us back on the air, and I am thrilled. I am very grateful. I love doing this show. I'm really happy we can start doing it weekly again. But since we signed off last Thursday at 2 p.m., I haven't texted or called you. I haven't texted or called Larry. I haven't texted or called Frank the Tank. I've been completely incommunicado he was giving me a real hard time about it and I maybe shouldn't be proud of this but it's just who I am in all honesty it's just I'm not very good at staying in touch with people on a regular basis unless you send me a tweet I'll tweet you back but Frito that seems like something you're pretty good at because for me the only reason people know I'm not dead is if they reach out to me first because I never reach out to anyone. But you seem like the type who's a little bit better at, at keeping touch with people on a regular basis. I do. And how many times over the last few months have I called you just to see what's up and let's chat? And, and I've never uh, called you. I, no I've never been the one to initiate. Whatsoever. Yeah, there's no reciprocity whatsoever. <laughs> you're, 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 a, you're, you're not a friend in name uh, only. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll co-host together and that's it. <laughs> I, I kind of deserve it. I kind of deserve it because I, and even th- there are times when I, uh, I don't see my wife for a few days because uh, like when, when she's working like long hours, sometimes my son and I will stay over at my parents' house for a few days and I don't even reach out to her. And sometimes she doesn't reach out to me. So like 72 hours go by and it's like, are, are you, are you okay? Are you, are you doing all right? You still alive? Is everything good? So. Wow. Yeah. Is this your wife? This is a mother of your child. How can you not reach out to her? Do you I mean, not, are there days when you don't go talking to her? Uh, yeah, I think there's been like some 36 hour stretches where there will be no communication whatsoever. Although wow. she'll usually reach out to me to ask how our son is doing. That's about it. I mean, I used to, when I, you know, used to be a reporter for the station, I'd get home when Jackie was asleep. I'd see her for a few minutes in the morning, but you know, we would either text each other during the day or do a quick phone call or two. But, but God, that's getting to not be in touch with your own wife. I don't know. I mean, I guess I can't really say this to you because you've been married for probably twice as long as I have. But once you've been married for eight years, it's just, I don't know. There's not the need to constantly check in. But you've been married for what, about 18? 18 years. I'm going to look up something here while you while you talk. And it, it, it's going to show yeah. you why you should be changing your tune here. <laughs> I mean, you know, people have tried to make me see the error of my ways. But overall, it's like, 
I, I am obviously good at, at keeping up with what my kid is doing because he's a toddler and I'm with him pretty much 24 hours a day. So there's not any separation whatsoever. And beyond that, it's like my priorities between my son to anything else drop you there okay. almost uh you know it's a precipitous drop go you, you got something for me go ahead oh no, um hang on okay this song tell her about it by billy joel i love billy joel i do too because because now and then she'll get to worrying just because you haven't spoken for so long and though you may not have done anything will that be a consolation when she's gone oh billy joel speaking to my soul wow that's not bad all right i'll try and get a little bit better about it i'll try and get a little bit better about it now you were telling me something right before we got on the air that yet another miami marlins player has tested positive for COVID-19. yeah that's a, according to a report i saw on uh on espn's website that uh another player has this brings a total up to 17 players and two coaches and i don't think any other player on any other team has tested positive that's the biggest surprise to me, honestly. Um, now, it, it I, I hate the fact that this is ravaging the Miami Marlins clubhouse. And you know, I was reading some pieces this morning that Major League Baseball is trying to investigate the origins of this outbreak. Like, did it happen from somebody going out to a strip club or going out to a bar? Like, well, where did this come from? I don't know if they'll ever be able to figure this out. But, but it's gone through the Marlins clubhouse, 17 players and two coaches. To me, Frito, honestly, the biggest surprise is that this is only a Marlins issue. Now, I know that South Florida is more affected than most any other area in the country, but I'm still kind of shocked because I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. I've been very curious as to whether or not this baseball thing is going to work out, given the fact that the NBA is in a bubble. The MLS and the NHL are in bubbles, and, and the bubbles are clearly working so far. I didn't know how this was going to work without a bubble with teams traveling to and from places, but outside of the Marlins, so far it does seem to be working right yeah i mean it, it seems to be but i don't know if you know what if it happened what if it spreads to other teams um if this happens to a second club what do you do i mean i i don't know i i'm sure rob banford and his lieutenants are trying to figure this out but the marlins right now are missing a lot of games the earliest they would play is next tuesday and then you know they may have to bust themselves to uh new york to play the mets and then buffalo to tr- to play the blue jays which, you know, because Canada will not allow the Blue Jays to play home games in Canada right. because they don't want any other teams coming from the U.S. Um, and then if the Marlins somehow fly back to Florida, they're supposed to be quarantined for 14 days, the entire team. And so, um, you know, what do you do then? That's the law. That's you know, the or a mandate. Well, I, I, no, I, I saw, I don't know if you saw this or maybe, or maybe it's been updated since then, but uh, Florida's governor has said he will not require them to quarantine for 14 days. The mayor of Miami did say that he would like them to quarantine for 14 days, but the governor has since come out and said he will not require that. He will allow them to play on. I mean, well, not, not a huge surprise for those who have been following the way things are yeah, going in Florida. Because Ron DeSantis is managing the pandemic so well. I mean, Florida, you know, has <laughs> the fewest point, cases. Yeah. In, yeah, I mean, we have the most cases, or getting the most cases. We we're second to, to California. We've eclipsed New York. He yeah. couldn't manage this worse. You know, he couldn't manage the situation worse. But he has said on the record he will not be making the Marlins quarantine when they come back, and and the Miami mayor has said he will defer to to the governor. So it sounds like the governor is okay letting them play from Tuesday. I don't know. I'd be I'd be nervous being around that team. I'd be yeah. 
I mean, if you, if, you know, what, what, what if you're a batter, you come to bat, what if you're on the bases, you're next to their first baseman, your second baseman, third baseman, shortstop, whatever the case may be. And that's, I don't know how that's going to, uh, going to work. I don't blame the Yankees when they went in the Philadelphia or they were supposed to play the, the Phillies. Um, right after the Marlins did. I don't want to go in that clubhouse. I don't care how much they disinfected. I don't right. want to do that. I don't want to do anything. They don't come within a thousand miles of where the Marlins have been. And, 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 you know, let, let's, let's transition if we will, because I tweeted out earlier this week and I want to know your opinion. Even if college football and the NFL begin their seasons, I don't, I give zero chance. I mean, absolute zero that they finish their seasons. No way. I give about 5% and that's being very optimistic. And I I need to know more about what, especially, you know what, college football, I'd probably give more like 1%, the NFL 5%, because I think they're going to treat it differently when you're talking about professional athletes versus amateurs. I just think that they're probably going to be prone to allow a little bit more leeway with professionals. So that's why I'd give them the 5% and the college about 1%. But has the NFL even finalized their protocol? Because, um, like, if if you get a couple of positive cases, are, are they going to mandate the entire team be quarantined, which would be a, a potentially know. a season killer, or just a couple of players quarantined? Now, even, even if you only quarantine the players who test positive, chances are they've already spread it to teammates right. who will then later test positive. Right. But on the slim chance that doesn't happen, if the protocol would allow only quarantining the positive test, then you have a chance. But if the protocol makes you quarantine an entire team, then I think you have zero chance of making. What it. if players are asymptomatic and you're, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're a center and you're, you're asymptomatic and you're right in the middle of a scrum and guys are tackling all around you. You know, you've got your players side by side with you, the guards, the tackles, the running backs are right there. The quarterback is right there. Let's say it's a run up the middle. You're blocking the defensive tackle from the other team. Now suddenly Maybe he has it. Maybe the guy next to him has it. Maybe your running back suddenly gets it. Your guards on the team, you haven't shown symptoms, so you don't, you know, no one knows that he's positive. Maybe his temperature is fine. It can spread like wildfire. These tackles are going to be, I mean, you know, tackling, uh, just going to be petri dishes. That's why I think this could spread so quickly in the NFL. There's no, there won't be wearing masks. There's no social distancing. You can't do that. I just don't see how they can do it. You can't put college football players in a bubble. There's just too many of them. Yeah, way too many. And in in pro football, it's just I can't see them playing in a bubble either. I just I don't know how this is going to happen. I just don't think those seasons are going to be are going to be completed. And also something that's unique to football is that while for the most part you look at professional athletes and you can say that they are, you know, the lowest risk category because the shape that they're in and their age, but automatically though in american football can't you say that a lot of offensive linemen because of their size are in the higher risk category is that is that a fair oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight a big overweight I, i'm in high risk category it's one of the reasons one of several reasons we're not sending our daughters to school they're learning online now it turns out the entire school district is learning online um and and schools aren't opening in person for right now but absolutely and you know, we, we're finding guys in great shape are getting this. I mean, look, yeah, the Cubs pitching coach, guys, uh, you know, he's he's thin as a rail. He's in great shape. He's like 30-some years old. He was sidelined for a month. Wow. He got it. Um, I, I, I watch MSNBC a lot. And, uh, I think an editor, one of the editorial page editors for the New York Times, she's like a marathon runner. She's in great shape. No underlying conditions whatsoever. 33 years old, it, it crushed her. It mm-hmm. absolutely just crushed her. We're seeing you know, in, here locally, Channel 10, 
Yeah. They, they got tons of cases. There are tons of cases, people that are in, you know, in, 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 in good shape. I mean, they're one of their anchors and, and the reporters they are married to each other. And uh, you know, they're like, they pay, they, they eat everything right. They exercise like crazy and they both got nailed with it. So we're finding out that a lot of good people, even younger people in good shape are getting this athletes are not going to be immune to this. That's one of the things that scares me the most, honestly, is what a crapshoot it is. And, you know, I, I have been tested before and it came out negative. Um, I haven't gotten the immunities test yet, so I'm, I'm assuming I've never had it. I know that some people are kind of surprised to find out, oh, I have antibodies. I didn't even realize I had it. So that would be kind of a I guess that'd be like the dream scenario would be to find out. Oh, and then I would still be careful, of course, because we don't know if people can get it a second time. But, uh, you know, if I did have antibodies, I would be very grateful that, you know, apparently I've had it and, and it didn't do much to me. But what scares me so much about this thing is that, yeah, you hear stories uh, of even like I've even heard stories of some elderly people who should be high risk who get it and they kick it. No problem. Right. But then you also hear stories of 30 year olds who are in great shape, not at high risk statistically, who have it and it just kicks their butt. So it's so random, this thing. It's like, you, you, and obviously there are statistics to say that, hey, if you are, you know, older and you have asthma or you're heavier and older, that you're more likely, far more likely to have a real issue with it. And if you're younger and healthy, far less likely. But that in itself is not an exact science because I've heard enough stories of where it can go the opposite way in either category. Like I, I would be scared to death to get this thing. Absolutely. And, you know, and if you're in the hospital and you go on a ventilator, a ventilator, a lot of people go on them and they don't come off of them. That's, yeah. uh, that's it. And, uh, I, you know, imagine like your wife, um, I don't know if she's on the front line. She works in a hospital and, uh, I mean, these, these frontline doctors and nurses and techs who are just exhausted, feel bad for them and the risk they're putting themselves at. So, I mean, this is just has so many tentacles. And right now, I mean, we're, you and I are in the worst County, in the, probably the worst state in the country. Yep. And you got to be extra careful. I mean, I'm doing what I can. I go to the grocery store. I did go today. I actually went yesterday. I forgot some things and, and I feel kind of safe in there. It's okay. But I, I need to live some kind of life. I had a root canal the other day. I just had to have it done. I just couldn't, you know, so I know some people are quarantining like crazy. I'm doing as much as I can, but I also have to live my life. And I guess I'm taking a little bit of risk, but I'm, you know, they were safe in their office. I was safe going in there, and uh, you do the best you can. I hate to change the topic like this, but I, I, what's a root canal like? Because people often you know, compare it like, oh, I'd rather get a root canal than do this. Is, is it as awful as people say it is? Well, no. They, they, he, you know, he froze my mouth, uh, part of it. It took about maybe an hour or so, and um, it was done with. It was fine. It was nothing. You know, I'm, a, I'm weird when it comes to that. Now, I say I was awake the whole time. But there have been times when, like in the past, when I've gone to just a regular dentist and, I've, and they've been drilling and I've fallen asleep in the chair. Really? Yes. Wow. I've fallen asleep getting a haircut. I've fallen asleep in the dentist chair. So. Um, oh, wow. The, the, the Amigo says uh, he's also fallen asleep getting a haircut. Is that why you're bald? Because you fell Larry, asleep. You can unmute. Go ahead. You tell him when to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I, you know, root canal, it's, you know, it's just being in that chair has just been uncomfortable for that long. That's all. It's not anything my mouth didn't hurt at all. I didn't need any pain medication at all after I'm you know I was fine oh man we're gonna be with you guys until two o'clock today here on the Dono and Frito show when we come back I want to talk some college football now the ACC has started releasing schedules they haven't released the dates and times yet but they have released conference opponents for all of the teams involved in ACC football 
Of course, I look at everything from a University of Miami perspective. We also have to look at things from the perspective of how far in the season can we actually get. Uh, keep it locked to Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio, the Dono and Frito Show. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuela Pola, too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigamanu Alapola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. 
That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, do you hear where you will find? And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Now, Frito, I'm an optimistic guy by nature. And, you know, I know we just had a, a conversation about how, you know, tough things are with professional sports and especially college sports with COVID-19. And even though realistically you could say the chances of getting through a college football season, if you're thinking big picture, the chances of that right now seem pretty slim. OK, but on the other side of that, I am a diehard Miami Hurricanes fan. I'm a diehard college football fan, so I'm just going to step out of reality for a minute and allow myself just to geek out and be a fan because the ACC, they did excite me a little bit yesterday, okay? They made this announcement of home and away conference opponents for every team in the league where they're planning to do a 10-game conference schedule plus every team will play one out-of-conference game and they encourage, if not require you, to play that game in the state where your team is located so we're, we're yet to know who that out-of-conference opponent is going to be for these teams, Miami included. Uh, but one thing that is, is pretty exciting, I think, about this ACC schedule, I'll get to Miami's opponents in a minute. Now, this is not one of Miami's opponents, and I'm disappointed by that. But Notre Dame, who is a member of the ACC in every sport but football, where they have maintained independence, for this year, probably this year only, but you have to kind of wonder about the future. But just for this year, Notre Dame is going to join the ACC for football because they, you know, they, they can't get independent out of conference games with all the other conferences only playing conference schedules. So they had to join a conference for this year. But Notre Dame is going to be a member of the ACC, and that's even going to include the revenue that comes from their games on NBC is going to be shared by the rest of the league so we can mooch off of Notre Dame's deep pockets a little bit for this coming season but I don't know I, I Frito I love the idea of Notre Dame maybe in the future being a full-fledged member of the ACC I am disappointed though that they didn't make Miami's schedule this season well yeah I mean Notre, but let's look at it from Notre Dame's side of the prism do you want to after all these years of being an independent in football do you want to commit yourself to one conference or have the autonomy to really set your schedule with whomever you want I think the one plus of joining a conference down the road would be the fact that every other or every major conference now has a conference championship game and there is a premium on winning that conference championship game it doesn't guarantee you you know a berth into the college football playoff but there is a premium on that I think the one place where Notre Dame can say we're kind of getting left behind being independent is we don't have the added value of being able to play in a conference championship game. And that may hurt our chances of making a college football playoff. So I think overall, you're right. There are a lot of advantages of having your own independent television deal. That's mammoth. I mean, the NBC money is gargantuan and being able to schedule all of your own games to be able to cherry pick and play, you know, teams like USC and teams right. like Michigan to be able to cherry pick some of these big games is a good thing for Notre Dame. But I think at some point they may have to say, does the does the negative 
kind of d- does the positive of being able to play in an ACC championship game outweigh the negative of having all this autonomy? Well, you know, they've had these debates behind the scenes. You know yeah. that who, the powers that be are debating this, whether they've decided something, I don't know, whether months from now, well, again, I'm, I'm more a firm, a firm belief that this football season will not end. I mean, it will end shortly. I mean, it will not be completed is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I don't know if Notre Dame wants to make a decision then or now or, you know, maybe do this again next. I don't know. If, what if they don't have a vaccine? Do they do it again next year? I don't know. Um, you know, I wonder if the NBA is going to say, you know what, we should be a better summer sport instead of a winter sport. You know, they might decide to, you know, transition to that as, as seismic as that would be. So, um, I, you know, I like having Notre Dame, you know, in Conroe. It would be nice to have them down here. Let me ask you something on a completely personal level here. We, how is media going to cover these games? Will media be in a press box during these games? I think there's going to be a combination of that. Um, but I think a lot of it is going Cause I, I'm just looking at the way things have gone, like with the MLS, for example, cause I've worked some MLS broadcasts since the, that tournament started where there are some on-site media, but a lot of what they do are like pregame and postgame news conferences over zoom. I, I think there's going to be some of that as well. And, and like, part- I don't know if baseball beat writers are going on the road with their teams. I'm not sure. I know the broadcasters yeah. aren't. The broadcasters are back at either in their home ballparks or in studios. Yeah, actually, you know, it's a good point because I, I was thinking about the MLS, which has a bubble. So that's different because the people covering the MLS went into the bubble. So that what? that's good. So, so that's completely different. You're right. As far as the way that they're planning to do college football season would be, you know, playing home and road games. So being on site, I don't think you can do it. Like, especially if broadcasters are calling games off monitors in studios. I, I just don't see yeah, like I, I don't see how you can justify putting putting media members in a press box. So you probably would just do everything digitally. Let's see. Let's say there's a huge game, Ohio State, Michigan, which under normal circumstances would be a packed press box. I assume packed. Yeah. I don't want to be in that press box. I don't no. want to be close. To that. There'd be just, you know, too many people. I mean, if there is anybody in there, I don't think they would just open it. I think they would probably say like every outlet like only pre-approved outlets can send one person right like we're not going to even approve every outlet to have a representation but let's say we approve a dozen you know 18 outlets something like that you can all send one person so we can make sure they're socially distanced right so then i guess the question would be would you even want to be that person and risk being in a press box with 17 other people where you don't know where they've been or what they've been up to yeah i know i don't think i would and uh you know it depends on your situation like players you know they they opt out as a reporter I don't think I'd want to, uh, I'd want to do that. It's just too, too risky a situation. And, you know, with things like zoom play, you know, players can be made available. You can't have that one-on-one time where you might, you know, go up to a player after the game and try to get some information on something you may have noticed or something you may have heard. And you wait for the media scrum to leave and you go up to that guy and you say, Hey, you know, well, you know, what about this? And you might get some information that nobody else has though. Those days right. are could be, unless you have the player's number and then you can call them or text them. But uh, you know, by and large post game interviews are done from a distance do you think the players prefer it this way because a lot of them probably don't like doing the locker room sessions right like a lot of them probably prefer hey maybe i'd I'd much rather hop on zoom for a couple minutes than have six dozen reporters invading my locker room after when i covered the marlins full-time you know we'd get there it would be a 705 game uh we would get there at uh the the clubhouse would open i think at 315 so i'd be there almost four hours before the game it would be wow. open for 45 minutes. 
Um, and then they go out and take batting practice. And usually at the beginning of that time, then you talk to the manager. It used to be that we talked to the manager in his office. Then now it's been in a, you know, now it's in the dugout. It's up to each club. Um, you know, but I think players, if, if, if the players could say, all right, you know, that 45 minutes that, and, and after batting practice, the clubhouse reopens again. This is again, before COVID mm-hmm. and you can go in there and, and get more information mm-hmm. uh, if you want, or talk to people. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the players would be more than happy to say, you know what, this is, this is our clubhouse, our time. We don't want reporters. Yeah. And, and I think part of the advantage for, for players and teams are, you can avoid like some of the over emotional responses because aren't you in more control over it if you're doing it in a video session, right? Because mm-hmm. Frito, I know you've been in clubhouses and I've been in clubhouses and locker rooms where you're talking to a starting pitcher who had a terrible outing, or you know, you're talking to like an NFL player who you know fumbled and, and made like a key interception in a game. And you you approach that person, they're still in their game pants. It's right after the game, they haven't had time to cool off. They fly off the handle sometimes, right? I mean, uh, how many times, like, have you and I been in scrums with somebody like Jay Ajayi when he was a Dolphin? Would get very <laughs> emotional sometimes if things didn't go well. Yeah, you know, I, I can remember some Marlins pitchers, or and I, I, I didn't spend nearly the time covering the Marlins that you have. I probably covered the Marlins my entire life, but I can remember being in some where you talk to a pitcher who had an awful outing and they would spew like some non like some things they probably would regret after that media session if you're doing everything now over video where the team can kind of control it and say you know what maybe we don't put this guy on zoom right now or we wait 15 minutes to let him cool off you're going to get less of those outbursts you're that's true uh now major league baseball mandated that the 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 clubhouse be closed for 10 minutes after the game ends all right and so while they call that the cooling off period but still, if, if there was a bad outing, you know, from a player, be it a pitcher or position player, you know, you 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 might get those outbursts. And, uh, you know, look, I covered the Marlins who were losing for years and years and years. I got those outbursts uh, quite a bit. And I remember one time, oh, I wish I could remember his name. Is it Dennis something? I'll, I'll have to Google it. A, a middle reliever for the Marlins. And this guy had a, just a, a bad outing, okay? Just he was a relief pitcher. He had a bad day. He was a knuckleballer. And um, I think it was Craig Mervini and I wanted to talk to him after the game. And he, we went up to him and we waited because he hid him back. And we waited and waited and waited. And he finally came out and he said, no, no, I don't feel like talking. Okay, fine, whatever. I just remember that. And the next week he pitched and he pitched well, you know, two or three. And he was shut out and whatever it was. And I could feel him looking at me as I'm walking around the clubhouse doing other interviews. And I'm thinking, bleep you. You wouldn't talk to me. You had a bad outing. There is not a chance in hell I'm going to put my microphone in your face and ask you any questions and, and give you a chance to talk to me right now. Forget it. You know, yeah. you, you got to talk to me through the bad and the good. There, there, yeah, there have been guys that you just know are going to blow up. There have been guys who are emotional. I remember it was one Marlins closer, I won't say his name, who was prone to blowing saves. And he was real emotional. And you go around his, his locker after the game and he'd be fighting back the tears you felt so bad for this guy it's just <laughs> awful and it just but you have to ask the questions but you're right yeah. they, they, oh, those days might be uh done for a while it might be just the excuse the professional sports or individual clubs uh say you know what we don't want media in our locker room period end of story you know up until a little over a decade ago they used to open up college football locker rooms after games. They stopped doing that a while back. I think for this was part of that reason, right? 
But there, there was a game that I covered as a student member of the media with WVUM Radio, the University of Miami student radio station. I was covering the uh, 2003 Miami Hurricanes loss at home to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And that was the infamous, infamous bleeping soldier rant by Callan Winslow Jr. Oh, my God. I have a story about that when you're done. You remember that? I, you oh might have even God. been there. You might have been there as well. Yeah. I, I, well, in I fact, I, you know, we were in that, it was a very small post-game locker room and I went in there. I remember that I went in there and he was talking and, and I, I was getting a lot of sound from a lot of different players. I was the only person on the radio station in there. Mm-hmm. And I was working for uh, 2003 would be WQAM at the time. I first did with QAM. And so I got Winslow and then I went around to other players all right. And after I left is when he went on his rants. So yeah. I missed it. I missed the rants. <laughs> can I, yeah, can I, 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 I was, I was in there for the rant and it was, I mean, and, and I didn't like, cause see, I, I'm 19, 20 years old at the time. So I didn't, I just, I, I didn't realize how big it would blow up. And I didn't realize that like people would take issue with it or, I don't know, be offended by it. Probably people will be a lot more offended by it today than they were in 2003 because of the way times have changed, you know? But like back then, I didn't realize how big that was going to come because I just thought, oh, this guy was emotional. Like he was getting kind of, you know, people were playing very chippy on him the entire game. They were really tackling him low, trying to injure him. I, I didn't realize how big that rant would become. And then for like the next three days on Sports Center, it's all I saw was that video of him with the effing soldier rant. But but it goes to what we're talking about because this was just a few minutes after the game was over. He was still wearing his game pants, hadn't had a chance to, sh- to change or shower. And so you got the immediate raw reaction after that game. I'll tell a story here about a post-game locker room. Now, this might make Larry Million cringe. You might uh, – I'll, I'll, tell the, I'll tell the G-rated version of this, okay? And I'm not going to identify the player. But I used to do stringing for ESPN radio at the time. And they said, can we have a post-game guest? And I suggested a player. And they said, sure, that'd be fine. So I went up to Mark Prey at the time, the, the, the sports information director for, for, for UM. And he said, yeah, no problem. I'll get you this guy. So I go to the post-game locker room. And they tell me that, okay, we're going to, the ESPN says we're going to be at least five minutes. So the player is standing around me. I'm going to, I want to see Larry sweat here when I get into the story here, Larry, can you hear me? And so this player is wrapped in a towel just around his waist and just sort of absentmindedly playing with his junk while he's waiting for me. <laughs> he's, he hasn't showered yet. He's completely sweaty and I can see where this is going. And a minute or two later, ESPN says, all right, give him the phone. Oh, no. So I got to give him my phone when his hands have been, you know, where. And he does the interview for five now. Back then, it was a flip phone and it had a little antenna. I grabbed it when I was done by the antenna, went to the nearest restroom, washed uh, it with soap and water as much as you can, anything electronic. Yeah. You owe me com- combat pay for this thing, okay? Oh, my God. This one. Oh. No, it was no such thing as hand sanitizer back then. <laughs> you are a true hero, sir. Oh my god! I mean, wow. I I would have just told him keep the phone. <laughs> it's yours now. Oh my lord! That it. Wow. And, and you know that 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 I think I hope they bring us back for another segment. But that may be a good spot to hit the break here. So when we come back, 
I, I gave uh, I gave Frito a homework assignment last week. I want the progress report on it. You're listening to Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145, the Dono and Frito Show. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio. Sirius XM Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Setting up the defense for Derek Jeter's dating diamond in left field, Mariah Carey. The center fielder, Jessica Alba. And right field, Jessica Beal. In the infield at shortstop, Scarlett Johansson. At third base, Vanessa Manillo. I think I said that wrong. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. 
And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, before we get to Frito's homework assignment, there is some breaking news. Matt Gelb of The Athletic covers the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, he tweets the following. The Phillies have canceled all workouts today at Citizens Bank Park after a coach and home clubhouse staffer tested COVID-19 positive. Now, apparently, Frito, uh, no players have tested positive. I saw that from a follow-up tweet, so that that's good news. But um, it, it seems like it could could only be a matter of time uh so I, I don't know where where these staffers picked it up from if it was from the marlins or just completely independently but it, it's not a good sign right we know with this thing there's like an incubation period where you know if you're exposed on a monday you may not test positive right. till the following monday or the following wednesday like it's not going to show up right away so I, i'm just keeping my fingers crossed that this is not a sign of things to come and that whatever's going on with the phillies can be contained better than the marlin situation which has not been contained nothing could be worse than what the marlin situation is right now you're up to 17 players and two coaches and uh, by the way one of those coaches has since tested negative um but yeah the phillies are you know you wonder if you're right if there's this incubation period if anybody else in that organization has been uh, affected I don't know. And, they, and I guess I guess like they, they have to figure out if if the coach and the staffer, although they if they say it's a it's a home club. Well, so so, yeah, the, the Marlins were at that stadium when they played there. So it could have been like you have to wonder, like, did, did these guys get it from the Marlins or did they just get it because they went out for a cheesesteak and weren't socially distancing <laughs> and completely independently? Because if you can trace their cases back to the Marlins, then that's probably not a good sign where if it's independent, you pray that it's not related to that. Yeah. Uh, it's, this is just, the story just has so many tentacles right now and it's so far from, uh, from being over, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what if they don't have an, uh, you know, an effective vaccine, but well, here's the thing that scared me about vaccines. They said they are considered effective if they work 50% of the time. Oh, is that it? I thought it was like they, 60 or 70. They, they, wow. can work, they can be failures half the time and they'll still consider it effective. So, Jeez. you know, who knows? Maybe we won't have uh, attendance in, uh, you know, in, in, in next year. I don't know. Um, it's weird uh, seeing these games. I've been watching baseball again. You know, I'm a big baseball fan. And it's weird. I don't know if you saw this uh, like on Fox's broadcast. I know you're not the huge, biggest baseball fan, but they were showing – the Cubs game. It was the Cubs against, it wasn't the Reds. Who were who they played before? Oh, the Milwaukee. And they showed it in Wrigley Field. And they showed, of course, empty stands. And the announcer said, okay, now watch this. And just in the blink of an eye, they put all these virtual fans in the stands. I did see that. That's I, I think said, that's pretty neat. And they showed with like fans with Cubs jerseys on. And he goes, now we can change the jerseys. And all of a sudden, they were all Brewers jerseys. <laughs> cardboard cutouts of fans. Now, here's one. I think I'm in, in the minority. Um, I don't mind the pumped in crowd noise. I know that sounds I weird. Like I don't mind it. I think it's okay. I don't know how the players, how well it's, it's heard there. If it's really blared or not, I don't no, know. It's all, it's only over TV. It's only over TV. Okay. Only over I, I kind of like it. You know, a cup player, you know, you can hear the crack of the bat and you hear the crowd yell and Hey, you know, it's it sounds good to me. No, I, I got to honestly tell you, I'm with you. I think that the people who go out of their way to complain about the pumped in crowd noise are just the types of people who bitch and moan about everything. Like, and we all know people like that. Like, they just love to complain 
about every little thing. Oh, you're doing this wrong. It'd be so much better if you did it this way. And oh, you're awful. I mean, as longtime radio guys like you and me, we certainly have have come across some listeners who will complain about everything we do. And so the same thing is true for TV broadcasts. But no, I mean, with the baseball that I've watched since the pandemic came back, I've watched a couple of these exhibition hockey games. Uh, I've watched a lot of soccer games where they pump in some crowd noise. As long as they don't have the mix too high where they make it like too loud, because I've heard that happen a couple times where they just screw up and they're not doing a good job with it. As long as with the pumped in crowd noise and it's at like an ambient level, I often forget that it's even synthetic. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll just be sitting watching a game and I hear like the ambient crowd noise and it, it just, it just feels normal. Like I, I sometimes forget, Oh my God, what I'm hearing right now is being pumped in by some television producer, but now I'm completely with you. I, I think as long, as long as they don't go overboard with the volume of it, or like, you know, or if they have like people cheering for no reason, if they press the wrong button, as long as they do it right. I love the fake crowd noise because you can forget that it's synthetic like you'll just sit watch a game and it feels normal you know this weird this year has been so weird imagine 2020 comes and no one saw this coming and no one saw how the entire society be affected sports i mean here we are do you ever think in in, in your lifetime we're talking about pumped in crowd noise and <laughs> no fans in stands and things like that and just uh um it's just it's 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 just how weird how life has changed so much and when it's going to get back to normal I don't know it's a uh, it's a uh, it's strange I tell you what let me tell you a quick story about testing positive this is not in the sports world but um, you know anybody who is within spitting distance of the president get of, of President Trump gets tested everybody you know gets tested constantly and there's this one congressman named Louis Gomer who openly defied just I, masks are not for me and i guess he was shaming people in his office who would wear masks he was real defiant to this and real you know i don't want to say he ever called it a hoax but he was real you know I'll, I'm, I'm tough I'm, i'll be fine and he was done trump flew yesterday to texas gomer is from texas so he was going to fly down there on air force one with the president and just before he got on he tested positive oh my god and I'm thinking, can you imagine if they didn't catch it or anything like that? He'd been in the Air Force One, and who knows how, you know, how much that would have spread. Jeez. So here's a guy who openly was openly defiant, and now he's got it. Wow. Well, you know, if if if, if you see you see these videos of people in stores and they're openly defiant and they're they're willing to fight people because they yeah. don't want to wear a mask. In this day and age, if you witness something like that, you're in a store, you witness something like that. Are you pulling out your phone and videotaping it? No, because I'm not an idiot. Like, it, and, and it's not like, and well, obviously, like, and they don't notice you. They're 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 throwing haymakers at each other. I don't know. I, I think that I mean, first of all, I, I think people sometimes go too far to try and go viral. Like to me, it's like the way I would handle it would be like I I would try and tell like a store manager or something where a lot of people just say, oh, I'm, I'm just going to stand here and film it so I can get 10,000 retweets and oh, my my life is going to be so great. And, and no, but I, I think honestly, I, I would try and, and get far out, uh, far out of that person's way as I possibly can because the person you describe, I've seen some of these videos, do not look like stable human beings. No, I don't no, want to no, be, no. and not to mention the fact that if they're not wearing a mask, I don't want to be that close to them to begin with. And right. I also don't want them to try and pick a fight with me because they might be completely un- unhinged and insane. But no, but I mean, the, the way that I take your question is, because a lot of people out there, I'm sure a lot of people listening, like their first impulse would be, 
I got to get my iPhone out because my Snapchat is going to be so cool if I can get this up there. <laughs> like, I, like th- 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 in 2020, that is the way the majority mm-hmm. of people think. I would try and do something more constructive, like like tell a security guard or a store manager, like you you know this is you got to kick this person out of the store. You got to maintain order here instead of you know trying to go viral. That would be my way to handle it. What about you? Yeah, I, if I was far enough away, I'd probably film it. You know, if I was <laughs> forty feet away, no, they didn't notice me, and I wasn't in any yeah. danger. I mean, I'm still wearing a mask anyway, so um, yeah. So there was uh, so Frito like three or four years ago. I was uh, I was in Brands Mart, okay, and I, I've seen some cra- like Florida man, lo- like there are a lot of crazy things that happen in Brands Mart because everyone's looking for bargains. People get upset. So th- this I, I know this was before my son was born, so I'm gonna guess this had to have been at least three or four years ago. I'm in Brands Mart, and I kid you not, there was a woman who had to have been 75 years old at minimum, who was physically assaulting a store clerk at Brands Mart, and I'm kind of like standing by watching this, police officers, because there are usually police officers in or around Brands Mart, because stuff like this seems to happen frequently. So this female police officer, and I think it's important that it was a female police officer, because it could have looked bad if there was like a male police officer restraining a 75-year-old woman, that, that could be a recipe for disaster. But a female police officer came over and restrained this 75-year-old woman. And as she is restraining this woman, I kid you not, Frito, grab the car keys of the female police officer. Oh, hello. Well, what's your cat's name? This is Jacob. Hello, Jacob. We got two cats. Okay, okay. So, So this woman grabs the keys of the female police officer and tried to use it on a, as a weapon on the police oh officer. God. And you know what I was doing at the time? I was filming it. Like, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to be one of those people. And, okay, so I had this video. I had this, like, 45-second long video on my phone. And admittedly, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to post this to my Twitter. And this is going to get 10,000 retweets. It's going to be awesome. As I'm walking out of the store after completing my purchase... I see this old woman outside with the police officer and they're talking it out very calmly. And the woman's apologizing profusely to the police officer. The police officer didn't even take her in. She like just let her off probably with a stern warning. And just, I I came to the decision in that moment upon seeing this in the parking lot, like, what am I going to, am I going to post this video on Twitter? Like this is somebody's abuela, right? Like this is somebody's grandmother. (laughs) I I post this on Twitter. Okay. So what's the upside? I get a thousand retweets and yet I embarrass this woman and her family because someone's going to recognize this lady and it's going to be so just like I I was so close to posting this video. And then upon seeing cooler heads prevailing and she's apologizing to the cop, I just, I decided, you know what, like, it's, I I would feel so dirty if I'm getting all these retweets for posting this. So, and and maybe this is not, this is apples to oranges for somebody who's getting belligerent because they're not wearing a mask. But that's another one of the reasons why I I don't really think about going viral because it's like, you know, you know, this could be the relative of somebody who is responsible and you're like embarrassing the entire family. I just don't think it's worth it. Would you watch the video? Of somebody else filming it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely. a voyeur. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I look at these videos. I mean, I, sometimes I just can't turn away. Yeah. No. You, you go on YouTube right and that. you see a million of these things. <laughs> oh, man. That is so So you good. said a homework assignment. Yeah. So and last I hate, week. I hate, as I hide week, my face in shame. Okay. So we, we discussed the fact that uh, 
you have not been watching a lot of TV shows. You rewatched The Sopranos for like the 15th time, but you haven't yeah. watched anything new. So we discussed last week, uh, this was seven days ago, you would start to watch either Breaking Bad if you wanted right. a drama or Curb Your Enthusiasm if you wanted a comedy. So here we are seven days later. What kind of progress have you made? Zero point zero. Yeah, I haven't done it. I was like one in the morning the other day and I was up and I thought, should I watch Breaking Bad? And I thought, uh, I don't know. It's kind of, I didn't want to fall asleep, you know, because it was, uh, um, so I haven't done it, you know, and maybe with this, this tropical storm approaching, like we need anything else. Maybe I need some, some light comedy fare. So maybe I'll do Curb. Yeah, go for it. I mean, and, and Curb, like, like Breaking Bad requires a mental commitment because it is such a serious show. And it's the type of show, like if you, like if, if you're doing anything else in the background or you get distracted, you're going to have to rewind it because you're going to miss something important. Whereas Curb, I'm not saying I recommend being distracted, but if you if you are distracted, you miss two minutes. It's not a deal breaker. Like it's a funny, really good show to have in the background. So you know, if, if you're worried about being you know concerned about this tropical storm and and the state of the world that we live in, fine. I, I would suggest then starting Curb over Breaking Bad. I think you should do that this week. Okay. Well, I'll I'll see if I can do. That. I'll try to. So uh, we'll see. I'll I'll do my best. How worried are we, by the way, about this tropical storm? Because, uh, like, I, I've, I keep my fingers crossed because it looks well, like the latest track it might be going more eastward where it could miss us, right? It's trending a little bit east. Now, it could change a lot because it's going over Hispanola, which has 10,000-foot mountains, so that could tear it apart, but it could regain strength. Um, now, you'd be good to know. I was in Publix this morning, and there were some gallons of water that were missing. There were some canned goods that were missing, but by and large, nobody was panic buying. I bought a good. case of water because we buy cases of water and I, we just we ran out of our case. And so I had to buy another one. Um, I, I bought a few cans of things, but nothing much really. So no one's panicking yet, you know, if, and we're going to start feeling the effects of this thing probably tomorrow. Um, and really Saturday, I worry about my wife because she's going to be driving home Saturday evening, probably right in the middle of all this. I'm a, we're, about my family, we're going to be driving uh, over. We have a, a beach vacation. We're going over to Naples on Saturday. So I, I hope we're not too scheduled to drive right through this damn thing. Well, if you get to, you, if you're going to take Alligator Alley, I mean, the further you go west, the better you are. So Right. And then and, uh, and here's the problem. I'm going to well, you're breaking up will be okay. Then I'm going to be worried the whole time about my house over east. It's just going to be in my brain. Yeah, that's I, I don't know. You, that's where you need a neighbor. You know, you need to call your neighbor and say, God, I hate you know, my what, neighbors. What? Like, I, they, they don't know. Really? Like, I, it, oh, there's, nothing... there's one on, on, our, on, one, on one side of her. So we, I have no idea what these people names are. They're the most unfriendly people in the world. Yeah. Well, see, see, that's me. I'm the unfriendly neighbor is the problem. Like, it's not it, it's not a neighbor problem. It's a me problem. Like, they they probably look at me like, I can't talk to this guy. Why are you like that? I don't know, man. It's uh it's a weird thing. And I'm I'm not I'm not like that with people that are close to me, but I, you mean I don't like know. your it's... wife who you go days with without talking to? Yeah, true, true. Well, I mean, listen, we we've been married eight years. We're not close anymore. I don't know what the deal is there. But no, it's like but here's here's also the thing. Like I am the newest person on my block, and I feel like my neighbors have all been friends for like 20 years and they just won't let me in the club. Like I, I don't know. It's like, should I do should I invite them over to my house? Like, I don't know what I should do to break the ice, but like they've all been friends forever and then they won't accept me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We need to do is have 
I mean, I I don't know many people. I've been in this neighborhood for seven years. So people on one side of us are very nice. We've done favors for them. They do favors for us. Nice. Uh, but the one on the other side, I just I, I couldn't tell you any of their names whatsoever. None whatsoever. <laughs> There's very unfriendly people. They're not mean, but they're just right. Unfriendly. Yeah. Same so. with me. I'm not mean. I'm just unfriendly. All right. We have a big one o'clock hour coming up. Keep it locked here to Sirius XM channel 145. The Dono and Frito show. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio. Sirius XM Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. 
you, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Big one o'clock hour on the Dono and Frito show. Alex Dono, Josh Friedman, who is dancing. Oh, wow. That, that You know, you got some rhythm, man. I'll give you some credit. You have some rhythm. There you and go. I, I, I've decided what your your webcam is because I've been ragging on you a little bit for, you know, the, the the 1980s porn lighting that you have going on there. I mean, I, how do you know what 1980s porn light looks like? my collection is extensive what can okay. i say <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know your your webcam is reminding me of uh jim levenstein's webcam have you ever seen the original american pie from like 1999 oh yeah sure i remember <laughs> I, I recorded the other day my wife was like why are you recording american pie because of shannon elizabeth <laughs> exactly <laughs> you remember because he he left the webcam on when yeah. shannon elizabeth was in his room and this was like a 1999 webcam that's what i keep thinking about with your webcam there you have the, you have the same you have the and same webcam as jim levenstein that's a great movie i love that Unbelievable. movie i love that oh, movie so i wonder the, uh, go ahead no, I mean, because uh, uh, obviously, uh, you know, you, you, your, your kids are probably a little bit too young to appreciate the comedy. My son certainly is. But do you think for like, and I think that that movie came out when I was a teenager and it was like the greatest thing ever. Like it must have been how kids who were like older than me, you know, from the 80s, like thought about when like the movie Porky's came out. It was probably like a similar, <laughs> similar type of deal. But I wonder if you were to show the original American Pie, which is, uh, what is it at, like 20, 21 years old now? If you show the original American Pie to like a, a 16, 17-year-old kid, if they would think, oh, this is a really cool movie, or is like anything made before like 2010 no longer acceptable for America's youth? That's a good question. Um, I would think it's still good because it's funny. There are funny lines. There's funny. The actors are good. You have Stifler's mom, which everybody. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> old paul finch um that. yeah that was a, that was that was a real good movie i really uh i like that movie porky's god i haven't thought of porky's in years that came out when i was probably 20 maybe 20 years old okay and uh yeah that that movie was something that was that was funny that was good and some good some i, I can't say too much one of my daughters is downstairs right now so uh, i'm being very measured in what i say the other is a camp so the other so i've got to be measured in what i can say Fair enough. Now you keep up with the comings and goings of the Miami Marlins a lot more than I do. So you're telling me that they signed a new minor leaguer and, and this is someone you're aware of. There's a story behind this. Yeah. This is Jeff Passon tweeted out. They signed this guy and I was last name. I, I, it's either Venditti or Venditti. It's or Venditti, V-E-N-D-I-T-T-E. So I think it's Venditti. You've heard of switch hitters, of course. He's yeah. a switch pitcher he's ambidextrous he can oh, that throw is awesome with either arm and there's they set up a rule like if who's got to commit first i think once the battery gets set in the box the pitcher can't switch you know he can't switch arms or anything huh you know he's got to if he he's got to commit first i think to what he's going to throw wow but that's pretty cool that he can throw with either arm and uh 
Um, that you know, that's, so that's cool. pretty neat. Yeah, that's how rare? How rare is that? Like, how many that's, switch pitchers have there been? I, that might be the only one that I've known of. Wow! But a switch pitcher. I, I used you, to you, you YouTube them. You can see that. Do it next during the next next break. I will. Because I've I've wondered that like because uh, when I was uh, when I was really into baseball like when I was high school and well, college was five minutes, it, ten years ago, it, it was a while ago and I, and I used to always wonder like how like because you see you occasionally switch hitters I'm like would it be impossible to be a switch pitcher like is that and I think I, I think I have at least heard of the guy that you mentioned because it was I'm sure it was like a big story when people became aware of the fact that oh this is a switch pitcher. Mm-hmm. But man, like it wouldn't surprise me now, especially with sports parents getting crazier and crazier that like some parents will try and say, you know what, when my kid is like seven years old, if he shows any interest in pitching to start training him at a very young age to pitch with both arms, like I'm because and there are crazy enough baseball parents out there. I mean, there are there are baseball parents who like put their high school kids on steroids. So you can't tell me there aren't crazy enough <laughs> baseball parents to start switch pitching when they're like eight, seven, eight years old. Yeah, and uh, and, and you know, my, my wife thinks I'm crazy sometimes uh, when I do speak to her on occasion. You know, uh, because uh, like she, she's not a sports fan. I don't think your wife is either, and so. It, it, it looks like my kid is two and a half years old now, and it's pretty clear now that he's right-handed because we see him favoring his right hand when he throws things and all that stuff. So it's pretty clear he is right-handed. But when he was, like, really, really little and we didn't know yet, like, I used to sometimes try and, like, favor him doing things with his left hand. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I really want him to be left-handed and left-footed because that would give him a big advantage if he were to become a pitcher, if he were playing soccer. There's a big need for left-footed people. And, like, that was such a foreign concept in her mind. Really? Soccer? Yeah. Left-footed? Why? Oh, because if you play on, like, the left wing – Big okay. advantage to be left-footed because when because when you're when you're like uh, when you're dribbling towards the uh, the far sideline, you can cross it back in with your left foot. There's yeah, and and also to be able to shoot left-footed, yeah, there, there's some big advantages there. And and but she always says no no no, I want him to be right-footed because it's really hard to like write and and like the notebooks and stuff favor right. Like who cares about the stupid notebooks? Well, we'll buy him a left-handed notebook. He's gonna pay us back for that notebook later when he's a million-dollar pitcher. Yeah, tell Rebecca if he throws well enough with his left hand, he can buy you that vacation house in Hawaii. That's right. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. who cares about notebooks then? <laughs> Uh, but no, it was a completely foreign concept to her because she's thinking, oh, if he's left-handed, it's going to be terrible because he's going to have a hard time like writing and using notebooks and stuff. It's like, ah, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm 99% sure at this point that he is right-handed because my for my son, he's very active. I'm pretty sure he's got the the ADD. But uh, like he, Frito, all all of his favorite games enjoy throwing things at my head, and when he does that, he does it right-handed. So I'm pretty sure he's right-handed. What would be the least harmful to you? Well, harmful, probably not the right word, but I can't think of another one. The least offensive. He can't stand soccer, or he's a diehard Florida State or Florida fan. Um, that whew, that's really pick your poison. I got to think about this for a second. Um, you know, I I think him being a diehard Florida or Florida State fan would probably be a little bit worse because he could really troll me, right? Like if he if he just decides he can't stand soccer, I can say, okay, that's all right. We'll focus on the sports he does like, and then we can watch Miami. Like we can watch the Canes together in the Miami Heat. But it, but if 
if within those sports that he does like, if he starts choosing teams that I hate, then that's going to create some friction in the household. Like I, like I, I can say, you know what, even though I like soccer, I just won't watch soccer with my son, but then I'll focus on these other sports. If he's rooting for teams that I hate and all these other sports, I think that's even worse. You know, I said, this is not quite along those same lines, but I remember years ago when I was doing a talk show, um, a guy called up to my show and said, he's, you know, he's an offensive lineman. Very good. He was getting scholarship offers. He wouldn't say his name. And I, and he's got scholarship offers to both Florida and Florida State. One parent went to one school, one parent went to the other. Nice. And so each was lobbying for their own school. He said, which one do I take? I said, easy. The one that gives you the biggest bribe. Which uh, parent is going to bribe you most to go to their school? That's a good way to look. I hadn't even thought that far because my initial thought was, wouldn't you all things equal like if you just just take the bribe out of the equation for a second oh it's an amazing point but with all things equal shouldn't you go to the better school like shouldn't you go to the one where your diploma is more valuable but but your angle is great though because you would go to the one where the parent would give you hey, more stuff to go to their my, school i love mom that. dad's give me a car what do you come on you gotta you gotta step up maserati <laughs> Let, <right>. let's go <laughs> Oh man, uh, that that's a really good point. Yeah, because I mean, my first impulse would be like, and 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 I'm I'm pretty sure that on almost every category, Florida has better academics than Florida State. I, I'm pretty sure that's still the case. But if if mom went to Florida State and she's giving me a better bribe, I, I'd be okay with having well, a less valuable valuable diploma if I get the better car. My wife just liked what you said. She's not Homer now; she's at work, but uh, she went to Florida undergrad and Florida for vet school. So. Nice. Yeah, no, I mean, as far as far as I never, never one time went to a football game. Ah, that's so great. Yeah, it's funny when I was at uh, when I was at the University of Miami and, and they were they were really good still at football at this point. Like they, they had just stopped winning national titles because I got nice. there in, in 2003, but they were still like a very good football team at that point. Every now and then I would meet somebody who didn't go to football games or didn't care about football games. and. I would be flabbergasted by that. It's like, wait, you're telling me you're at the U we're, we're contending for national titles and, and you're not going to games like Frito. I didn't miss unless there may have been like a game that I, I was like, I don't know, like out of town for something. Like I, in my four years at Miami and students could get into the games for free, the student section, I did not miss a single home game in my four years at the university of Miami. It was just, it was a ritual whenever the game was, Thursday night, Saturday at noon, Saturday night. I'm going to the like, home game. I get in for free. I went at, at, still at the Orange Bowl at that point. So it was like a religious experience going to that stadium, as crappy as it may have been at that point. I did not miss a single home game my entire time there. Every now and then I would meet someone who just did not care about football. It was so odd to me. I, it's, I was the same way when I was in Indiana. I never missed a football game. Basketball, and they were very good in basketball. In their freshman year, they won the championship. Um. Uh, but basketball, you only got half the home games. Uh, you know, you, you only you only got tickets to half. You know, you try to get, you know, as many as you could, but you were only allowed, you only could buy tickets for half. And I never missed it, you know, unless it was, there'd have to be something extraordinary uh, for me to miss that. So, yes, I was one of those people that, uh, you know, even if you didn't like football, and I love football, but Indiana sunk then, and they're pretty bad now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's I, I told my daughters, when you go to school, they're not football fans, but you're going to go just because everybody in the yeah. dorm is going and you're going to go and you're going to have a great time. It's just it's a evening. fun outing. It's, it's a uh, good yeah, outing it's to go to the game. You're just going to yeah. have such a good time being social there and you're going to have something in common with everybody in the stands. You're rooting for the home team. 
Yeah, I even, uh, you brought up other sports too. I went to now my freshman year at Miami. They were still playing at the Miami Arena. And I don't think I went to any of those basketball games. Really? The, yeah, right. They were still playing at the Miami Arena my freshman year. But then from my sophomore year on, they opened up the on-campus arena there. It's had a hundred different names. I think it's still called the Watsco Center. It was called something different when they opened it. But yeah, from that point, I missed maybe just, I don't know, three or four home games total from my sophomore year on. I even, I can remember when Duke visited Miami for the first time at the, right. the new on-campus arena. To get into the student section, Frito, we had to wait in line outside the arena for four hours. But that's that, that was just the price to pay to get in because the only way they could ensure you a seat was if you got in line very early and they were like counting the people in line to make sure we'd have a seat. They they opened up, the, it was like a 7 p.m. game. You could get in line as early as 3 p.m. That was the only way they could guarantee you you get into oh. the arena and the student section. So I did it. Miami lost the game, but it was awesome. I got to see Duke and Miami in person. And no regrets. It was great. What is UM's arena hold on? About 7,000? If that. I think it's, uh, actually, yeah, it might be about that. It's somewhere between like, Five to seven thousand. I'm not sure. I, I probably used to know the stat, and I, I can't remember at this point. It's, because, it's a nice small building. There's only one level. There's no right. upper level, but it's a nice little building. Indiana, uh, you know, basketball. Like it's like, you know, high school football is big here, huge in Texas. It's like a religion there. It, well, Indiana basketball is the same way. You know, I mean, I grew up outside of Chicago, but I went to Indiana University, and and high school basketball there is just a religion. Mm-hmm. And I remember the you know the, the the Hoosier had a guy, Steve Alford, who played for them, and then he went to play a little bit in the NBA, and then he was a coach and uh, coach and most recently UCLA. And um, he was from a town called Newcastle. Their high school arena holds nine thousand people. Wow. High school, yeah. Did they fill it up? Oh yeah. Whew. Yeah. I, that is Larry, incredible. Larry is in there like he can't believe what I heard, but yeah, uh, nine thousand people for a high school arena. Well, and now, like we obviously now we live in uh, in a in a big city in Miami, and and you grew up in even if you were in the suburbs, like you grew up in Chicago. So there's a lot going on there. Like I'm sure you were you were certainly within driving distance of Wrigley Field and all that. Like you went to games, but like have you ever imagined if you grew up in a small town where the biggest thing in that town was the high school football team or the high school basketball team? I mean, we're both sports junkies. Like, it's hard. Like, growing up in big cities, it's hard for us to imagine, right. oh, the big event in town tonight is I'm going to that high school basketball game. There's going to be 9,000 other people there. But, I mean, Frito, we both love sports. I figure if you and I had grown up in, like, a small town where the biggest thing happening is the high school game on a Friday night, we would probably be right there with those other people going to that high school game as if it was, a, uh, as if it was an NBA game. Now you've given me the assignment of watching Breaking Bad or Curb. I'm going to see if you if you haven't seen this. This is your assignment uh, to get it on demand or wherever you get it. You ever seen Hoosiers? Yes, but I was very young. I was in like middle school with with Gene Hackman. Right? Mm-hmm. I could watch it again because I don't remember Phenomenal. a whole lot about it. So I could watch that again. Phenomenal movie. Yeah, it's, it's you know they're from, from a small town and. Um, you know, basketball was everything. They played once a week, Friday nights, and it was it was it meant everything. The entire town was there. You know, and uh, it reminds me of uh, it was based on a uh, 1954 team from a town called Milan, and not not Italy, but uh, Indiana. Yeah. 
And um, I mean, yeah, in those small towns, you're right. There's no pro team around, yeah. you know, anywhere near there. So the, 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 the high school team, that was it. That was the, that was the events, the social events. Definitely in my wow. head. Definitely my Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Didn't mean to interrupt you guys. Who's no, no worries. You need to watch it, rewatch it, do whatever you need to do. Make it your personal Sopranos. That's alluding to earlier. You're saying he watches <laughs> Sopranos all the time. Frito does. And that's what yeah. better show to watch ultimately over and over again than the Sopranos because it's a great show. You need I, I, to see I know. Hoosiers. You need to see who I know we got to go to break. When we come back, I want all of us, Larry, Dono, me, Come up with your Mount Rushmore of sports movies. It's only four. Okay. I can do that. That's how we get back. See if we can do that. I can do that. All right. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 145, the Dono and Frito Show. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> 
You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, this is K9, and you're listening to Slam Radio, Series 6M 145. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. All right, so Frito gave us a homework assignment during the break, which means we had about three and a half minutes to come up with this. I gave this three and a half minutes of thought as far as each of our personal Mount Rushmore's of sports movies. Frito, before I get into mine, which I guarantee you is going to piss off a lot of people, whether they're in the room here or listening, can, can I explain to you my criteria for coming up with my Mount Rushmore? This is my Mount Rushmore. I'm not claiming that these are the four greatest sports movies ever made or, or these are the four most critically acclaimed sports movies. I am using the criteria of, in, in much of the case here are, the four sports movies I have watched the most, either growing right. up or present day, the ones I find to be the most rewatchable, most quotable, that's the criteria that I'm using for my list. So I know that some snobs are going to listen to this and say, oh, those are not even close to being the best sports movies. Let me give you the ones that won the most Academy Awards and blah, 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 blah. I, I am only going based on my personal experience and personal preferences. W would you like to hear mine first and then we can get into yours? Sure. Cause I'm going to get yelled at too, because though there are no football movies on mine because I haven't seen some of them that I should have. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. All right. So I will uh, yell at you if you don't yell at me. <laughs> All right. So hold on. The, uh, the first one I'm going to give you is one that uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any complaints for my first two. I think that my first two are going to show up on a lot of people's lists. Uh, now, now this one is a comedy, but I consider it a classic and free you'll be surprised that multiple baseball movies appear on my list, including major league, like the original okay. major league to me. It's, so quotable, so funny. I anytime that movie is on TV, I'm flipping through channels. I'm stopping on Major League, and I get kind of annoyed that the the movie that gets more airtime. It's still good, but it's not as great as the original. Major League Two is on TV a lot more often than the original Major League for reasons I don't quite understand. Maybe it's because Major League Two was PG-13, the original one was R-rated. Uh, so maybe the PG-13 one just gets more mainstream play. But the original Major League, I find to be, <laughs> anytime I'm doing a list of favorite sports movies, that always gets put into my list. That that that's and, and these are in no particular order, but this is my Mount Rushmore, personal Mount Rushmore sports movies. I'm also a big fan of, and this one's a little bit more serious, but so well done and well acted. Remember the Titans? 
That's that, that's the only football movie that gets on my list. Yes, you know, believe it or not, I've never seen it. Wow. I mean, you would enjoy it. You should watch it. And and, and honestly, we're, we're talking about like high school football and high school that's football. Denzel town. Washington, right? Yep. And and it's Denzel Washington. It's a high school football team. Right. You know, in a town where football is everything. So it it ties into the conversation we were just having. Uh, the third one on my Mount Rushmore, and I, I, I think this is also one that you have not seen. We just talked about this last week. Another baseball movie, The Sandlot. I grew up oh, on I the Sandlot. It's, it's, it, it's, I can get it on demand. I've got it on my DVR, and I've never seen it. And you might want to watch that. You might want to watch that before you watch Curb. Uh, Larry, can, you just killed Larry. Like, he cannot believe you've not seen The Sandlot for But, okay, Larry, let me ask you this. I want you, Larry, I want you to turn on your mic. It, as an adult, would I like it still? Because it's a it. kid's movie. You will love it because it'll take you back to your childhood. It'll take you back yeah. to a scenario, whether it's similar, not even that similar, but it'll put you into the feel as to why guys like you and I love baseball. Okay. It's undeniably, and it's on my list. My list's not important. I don't want to get your list, but it's undeniably on my no, list. No, you're going to name yours. One movie. It's By the way, I haven't picked it. I'm going to get to your nice. fourth one now. Is Cat? It's not on my list. If, is Caddyshack considered a sports movie? Yeah, we consider it a sports movie. There, there, there's enough golf in there. Yeah, and, and Caddyshack. I know you love it. I love Caddyshack too. That's a great movie. Now, my fourth. This is the one that's going to piss a lot of people off. Like, uh, they're probably going to be people, people changing stations if they're if they're maybe watching us on their phone. They're going to throw their phone into the ocean. They're going to be very mad. But I went with this as my fourth on the Mount Rushmore because I watch this movie now once a year. I think he gets a bad rap. I really do. But, you know, one of my favorite actors stars in it, Draft Day. Draft oh, Day. Draft Day makes my Mount Rushmore. Five minutes of it, I hated it. I turned it off. <laughs> when Kevin Costner, who plays a GM, didn't Great know actors. what team was, being, was drafting behind him. <laughs> I like this is completely unrealistic, and I well, what a piece of crap this I don't know, is! Like draft day, like I find draft day to be like so overly dramatic, yet it's kind of brainless entertainment, and it's it's one of those things. It's like you know how a lot of people like every Christmas they'll watch like Christmas Vacation or Home Alone. For me, every draft day, I watch draft day. It's just it's become such an important part of my yearly ritual leading up to the NFL draft. I could not exclude it. It's got to be on my Mount Rushmore. So, so you watch Groundhog Day on February 2nd every year? Because I do. I could. I do love that movie. I, I should, you know, I should start doing that. Because I, I actually, I just watched Groundhog Day a couple months ago. I rewatched it for probably like the 10th time in my life. What song but yeah. is played every day and at what time? What's that? In Groundhog Day. What song is played every day? That he wakes up to, and what oh, time is it? I got you, babe, and I believe it's at 7 a.m. Yes. sharp. Oh, see, that's it's good. 6 o'clock in the morning. Six Better memory I, than I, I me. It was yeah. the top of the hour, but I didn't remember it was 6 or 7. I went with 7. I got it? you, babe. That's a great, yeah, that's a great, that's a great movie. Um, but draft day, I literally, I saw a scene when Kevin Costner didn't know what team was drafting behind him. This is an NFL general manager. And so it, it's turning off right there. This is so. No, hold on. But he's he's the Cleveland Browns general manager. Very realistic to think a Browns GM does not know who's drafting behind him. That was the most realistic scene in the movie, yeah. I thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'll name mine here. Go ahead. Hoosiers. That's what started this conversation. Right. That's the uh, Hoosiers is on mine. I'm, since it's allowed as a sports movie, I crossed off one. And I'm putting Caddyshack. Okay. Good call. Which Caddy, was filmed, Caddy, by the way, right near where the Dolphins facility is. It's now it's now called Grand Oaks, but uh, it was Rolling Hills in the movie. Um, another baseball movie. Uh, two more, actually, are baseball movies. Bull Durham. I've never seen that. 
Oh, great movie. It is good. I hear Another Kevin Costner movie. Yes. Yep. I love Kevin Costner. He's, yeah. in, he's in a lot of sports movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bull Durham is fantastic. Tim Robbins, Susan Sarandon. It's, it's, a, it's a great, great movie. And uh, one I'm thinking of, I mentioned the other week, I can't remember, um, A League of Their Own. That, yeah, that, that is a good movie. I do like that one as well. That, yeah. That's a good There's call. There's no crying in baseball. <laughs> Hanks was great in that. I mean, that was just, and and um, uh, who's the, oh, Penny Marshall's brother who was in it? Um, Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall just was perfect with a thick New York accent and everything. He was fantastic in that movie. I mean, every Gina Davis and Madonna's in that movie. Yeah. It was, it was a great movie. So my my Mount Rushmore will, will be such a beautiful tie-in to everything that's right and wrong about your Mount Rushmores. Uh, it's just fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll start, obviously, Sandlot. I made it pretty obvious that Sandlot would be on my Mount Excellent. Rushmore. Excellent. This all started through Hoosiers. Hoosiers, uh, the okay. only basketball movie on my Mount Rushmore. Uh, Major League, absolutely, yes. in my Mount Rushmore. is that baseball. But, but here's the one that... I thought would be worse than you coming with draft day. It's not worse than draft day, but it definitely involves Kevin Costner once again. And Alex, if you remember from my days of Dos Amigos, For Love of the Game is one oh, of yes. movies that I yeah, absolutely yeah. love. Vince Scully says, you remember the line in that movie? No, I'd never seen it. Yes. The cathedral known as Yankee Stadium belongs to a chapel. And the guy's name was Billy Chapel. Final game of Love his it. career, he throws a perfecto in Yankee Stadium. Some of the video clips are transverse, and you see numbers upside down. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's <laughs> on my Mount Rushmore because Vince Gully does that. And even though my mighty Yankees lose, uh, well, hmm. it was pretty good. And he got he got the girl at the end. Uh, rest in peace, Kelly Preston. There you go. That's my Mount Rushmore, guys. Um, yeah, I, f- I, I forgot Kelly Preston passed. Yeah, it's man, that, that's you know, that you you mentioned um, how they didn't get it. You know, the things were traversed, the numbers were backwards, and all that. <clears throat> Is I crossed off Field of Dreams and replaced it with Caddyshack, but Field of Dreams, and they could have you know using uh, that's a technology, good technology. They could have changed this, but they didn't. I don't know why. You know, one of the best hitters of all time is uh, Joe Jackson, who was prominent in that movie. That was, was the story really revolved around him. She was Joe Jackson, mm-hmm. who in real life was a lefty, but they had Ray Liotta play him batting righty. I mean, that, that was just uh, glaring. They could have yeah. reversed it easily, you know, with yeah. some, you didn't need the technology of today to, uh, they could have easily done that. I don't know why they didn't do it. Huh. In typical, in typical Virgo fashion, I have to re-chisel my Mount Rushmore. Sorry, Alex. I know you love Major League. I do too. How I uh-huh. had the uh, slip of the mind, maybe because I'm old of age. Field of Dreams really is going to go ahead and skadoodle in there because I love that movie. Another Kevin Costner one, by the way. No, I mean, you, you, but, but you know what got me thinking actually even more. And I do love Field of Dreams, but when Frida brought up Caddyshack, I'm almost thinking like, but I, I don't know who I would remove because I, I can't just take off Draft Day. I know that you guys are attacking me, but I think Draft Day is fantastic. But I, I would think I might want to remove something to put in Caddyshack because I, I hadn't originally thought of Caddyshack as being a sports movie. But I think Frito made a good point that it, it technically should be. So I don't know. Maybe I take off Remember the Titans because even though I think Remember the Titans is a great movie, I don't watch that as often as I watch Caddyshack. Like I've probably only actually seen Remember the Titans maybe three times where I've seen Caddyshack like 30 times, man. I've watched that so many times. Oh, it's easy to grin when your ship comes in. You've got the stock market beat. 
But a man worthwhile is a man who can smile when his pants are too tight at the seat. Oh, <laughs> Judd Smales. Good movie. That one good. The world um, needs ditch diggers too, Daddy. measure yourself against other golfers by height. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Roddy Dangerfield stole that movie. That was just, he oh was my so God, good. he was phenomenal in that movie. So, Dono, much to my chagrin, no soccer movies there? Nothing on the pitch for you? There are there are some soccer movies I like. Um, Bend it like Beckham was pretty good. Actually, I liked the movie Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. Like I think that was funny. Like like that to me, it's like that. That's one of those movies where it's like funny for kids and also funny for grownups. So I like and and Mike Ditka was in that movie. And and Frito, you might enjoy that if you've never seen it. Uh, it, it is a soccer movie, but it's good. Kicking and Screaming. And Mike Ditka is like Will Ferrell's next door neighbor, and he becomes the assistant coach of this soccer team. He's actually really good at the movie. Now, you both have seen Caddyshack, right? Yeah. Okay, Larry, you've seen it? Larry, he's not paying attention. He's seen it. He's seen it for sure. Larry, can you hear us? You've seen Larry. Caddyshack, right? So, my first go around, when I first started at WQAM 1998, and shortly thereafter, I produced a midday show with John Bouchambi, who's now a big baseball announcer on ESPN, and a guy who was on here for the Panthers, Chris Moore. And uh, it was a great show, great midday show. It was hilarious. And we set – now, this is, relates to feel, uh, to uh, Caddyshack. We set Boog up, and we had this woman – we found out she lived locally. I have no idea where she is now because this is 20 years ago. And we set Boog up on a blind date. We got her to come into the studio. This was, we were referred to in the credits as the duty girl, the girl that spots the baby Ruth floating and says, ah! duty, duty. <laughs> and we brought the duty girl in to go out on a date with Boog. Whoa. Yeah. That so is that was, so cool. Yeah, that was funny. That was pretty good. That was, that was a shocker. I should bring that up to him. He'd be shocked. At that. I forgot. Was she okay? Was she okay being referred to as the duty girl? <laughs> got her, got her credit, got her in the movie Caddyshack. I would oh, call awesome. me the duty girl. I don't care as long as I can be in that movie. That's so good. I forgot, Alex. I forgot that Frito produced that show. One that I used to listen to often, by the way. They yeah, were, that was, they oh, were great. Show. These guys were just. You know, we'd be, oh, we'd be laughing so damn hard at these Which, guys. Uh, I, I think, I think people who are listening to this, who are like sports radio geeks, would probably find this interesting. Like, well, what, what other shows did you produce, Frito? Because, because you, you went way back in the. WQAM archives. Like, well, what other shows did you work on? The first team, it was with Goldie, Defoe, and uh, Joe Rose. And I produced that. And then I went, uh, you know, after the midday show, and then I went on to be a full-time reporter and sometimes okay. host. So that was, those were the shows I uh, I produced. That yeah. first team was pretty epic to be a, a show for you to produce there. I mean, that obviously, I mean, I that's got to bring back some great memories. I have great memories just listening to that show. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was a fun show. Radio, so I, I, I'll tell you a quick story. We, we had, you know, we were going to get Dick. If I've told you this, please stop me because I know sometimes I'll repeat myself. We booked Dick Vitale to come on the show. He lives out in Sarasota. So same time zone and everything. And we booked him. to. I said, can you come on tomorrow morning at 730? Oh, sure. No problem. Give me a call. And so I, it was my habit because it was a morning show. I used to call people five minutes before they came on just to give them a heads up and make sure that everything was okay. And I told him I was going to do that. And he said, fine. So I called up Dick Vitale and you could hear the phone rattling like this. And he picked it up. He goes, hello. And Dick, this is Josh Friedman from WQAM. Just want to make sure you're going to be ready. You sure you'll be ready to go on in five minutes? Yeah. Okay. I'll be fine. Dead to the world. I'm sure I woke him up with the most soundest, soundest wow. sleep he's ever had. And I said to these guys in their ear, 
I said, this is going to be a disaster. My towel is just he's dead asleep. This is going to sound <laughs> terrible. Oh, let's, let's have mine anyway. So I called him back. He goes, yeah, okay, I'll go on. Just dead to the world. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be a dumpster fire. <laughs> and Defoe dro- drove the show, so he introduced Dick Vitale. All of a sudden, you're, hey, baby, what's going on? How are you? And just He just <laughs> flipped it on and off like a switch. And I'm he was oh as God. energetic as he's ever been. And I'm quite certain that when the interview was done, he hung it up and probably slept for the next five hours. That is so. That, that's so. It on and off. It's so funny you say that because I, I I had a, a similar experience, not with Dick Vitale, but I, I think I probably had a couple of them. But the most recent experience I had like that was with, and I know Larry, you've spoken to this guy before over the years, but uh, with Gene Deckerhoff, who's the play-by-play voice of the Florida State Seminoles and also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and like a few years ago. I, you know, because uh, the Miami Hurricanes were about to play Florida State, and I booked Gene Deckerhoff to like, it, and it was me doing the interview, but also calling him up because I was pre recording an interview with him for the Hurricanes pregame show. And so, like, I'm in the production studio, and yeah, I confirmed it with him over email and everything. And I call him up, and when he picks up the phone, he's like, hello. He's like very monotone. Like, it sounded like he wanted to be doing anything else in the world, but talking to me, like he just wanted, he wanted nothing to do with this. And then as soon as like, I'm like, okay, Gene, we're now recording. And I count down three, two, one, introduce him. Oh, 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 and away we go. Like it was like shot out of a cannon. Like he could not, he could not have sounded like more and nice guy. Like he was, he was nothing but nice, but he just, he sounded half asleep and like, he did not want to be talking to me. And then as soon as we started the interview, he was just, on like everything about it was absolutely perfect yeah, I, i'd like to started. ask him if he, if he ever got the teams mixed up but if he ever just made a mistake one time you know i mean just you, you know he, he would call games on back-to-back days yeah he'd be doing florida state one game and then yep. and tampa bay the next if he not, you know the jersey numbers not whatever if he ever just screwed that up in all the years he's been doing this and yeah. it's been a long time just one time can you imagine the frequent flyer miles? Because even if both teams are home, it's still a little bit of a trek from Tallahassee to Tampa. Like you still have to get on a plane for that. But then what if like Florida state is playing in, in like North Carolina one day and then the next day Tampa Bay is like playing in Seattle and you've got like, you, you got to be doing all these like flights well, in the middle of the I, night. I, that's the thing. I wonder, I wonder if, if it was a cross country schlep like that and flights were scarce. I wonder if they ever just chartered a flight for him. I'm, uh, yeah, I would. I would almost guarantee that that probably happened a lot. It's not like, like, like maybe not. Maybe not the like. Like I, I doubt that was the norm, but probably like you would think probably two, three times a season he was getting charted. Yeah. Like you would think. Wow. All right, so we're, we're going to wrap it up when we come back. Uh, final segment coming up here on a Thursday, the Dono and Frito Show. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel One Forty Five. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tuanega Manuela Pola too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tuanega Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tuanega Manuela Pola. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tuanega Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tuanega Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. Tuanega Manuela Pola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Before we started the show today at noon, you know, we were doing like our little pre-show chat here on Zoom before we went we went live, and Frito brought up an incredible hypothetical to me. Okay, now you may know this about me: I am a lifelong hardcore Miami Dolphins fan, with with all the frustration and pain that comes with that, of course. 
And a lot of that pain and frustration in the last 20 years has been brought about by the Belichick-Brady combination in New England. Now, that's no longer a combination because Brady is in Tampa Bay now. He's in the NFC. Belichick is still coaching the Patriots. Not that I'm expecting this to happen, but... Let me throw it out. and I You throw it out. Yeah, you you, you throw it out. Larry, you got to be a part of this. Larry's a Dolphins fan, right? Okay. Yes, I am. Larry, given the choice... Let's assume Tampa Bay is in the Super Bowl. Would you rather them face the Dolphins or the Patriots? So you have Tom Brady against Bill Belichick. I'd rather watch them face the Patriots. Thank you. Really? Than the Dolphins? Yes, Mm -hmm. I would. Why? Well, for starters, as hypothetical as it is, there's there's not a snowball's chance in hell that the Dolphins actually make any sort of Super Bowl, even if we imagine it. But that was just me being a jokester. (laughs) It's a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see that matchup. Three years from yeah. now, the Dolphins can make the Super Bowl, and I'm still going to cry. I'm still going to be happy. The, the window's so small for that to happen. That could be the most watched football game in the history you know, of the sport. Like That would ultimately, like I could see stock markets crashing and, 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 and just everything going haywire, almost like a Y2K situation, because I think the world <laughs> would be upside down if that were to happen. Um, it's like REM says, the end of the world as we know it. Um, I would, I would, the brains behind I mean, Belichick knows everything about Brady and Brady knows everything about Belichick's tendencies. That's why it would be such a great mental matchup. Ali Frazier, I, I don't even the, know I, how, I, what I, kind of analogy to use, but that I would, I'd defer the Dolphins going for a few years to see that one. That one would be. No, I, 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 I would still want the Dolphins. And, and, and this is, this is why, because, okay, I, I can remember. And well, actually, I don't remember it personally because I was uh, I, I was really too young. But I remember what people would say about it. You know, when Marino in his second year went to the Super Bowl and lost, everyone was saying, well, don't worry about Dan Marino and these Dolphins. He'll have plenty more chances to win a Super Bowl. Did he have plenty more chances? No, he did oh. not have any more chances to win a but Super Bowl after that. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't even take one Super Bowl trip for granted. So while obviously the Brady versus Belichick matchup would be apocalyptic type of stuff i would still take the dolphins okay i want you guys to hear here's another hypothetical because I, years ago i was doing a talk show alone i was back on wqam and Mar- the, jimmy johnson made clear he didn't want marino on the team right it was jimmy no dave wants it i'm sorry dave, dave wants it and so marino wasn't a part of the dolphins but he, he was being courted by tampa bay and minnesota they they were making overtures to him and so I said, Dolphins fans, now this was before text machines and everything like that. Uh, and I said, Dolphins fans, I have a hypothetical for you. Suppo- suppose Marino goes to an NFC team and they play the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Who are you going to root for, Marino's club or the Dolphins? So before what, I give what you was the, the What was the consensus? Exactly. What, 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 do you, what would you guys root for? I'll let Larry go first. What would you root for I'd if root it for was Marino. Marino in the NFC versus the Dolphins? I, I'd root so, for when the, so, Larry, when the Dolphins would score a touchdown, you'd sit there and you'd go, oh, bleep? Um, I'd root for Marino. Marino was my ultimate favorite Dolphin of all time. Uh, it broke my heart that when once that did that, I can remember clearly how I felt. Uh, and while I was more relieved to the fact that he decided to retire and not ever play a game in another uniform, as I always felt that was a bad look for most athletes. Uh, I appreciate athletes to stick it through with one team and one team only. Look at Jeter, for example. But in that case, if he would have had to do that and he would have actually played well enough to get his team to the Super Bowl, I would have 1,000% wanted to see Marino win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. My relationship with the Dolphins, I love the Dolphins, but 
the Dolphins don't love me, and I'm very critical of them. So maybe really? it's the wrong team that has me. Most okay. most of the time, I'd root for my team, the Heat, the Yankees. You know, I'd be rah-rah for my team. Uh, the Dolphins, I love the Dolphins, but, boy, that's a cross to bear in my life. How about you, Dana? Who would you root for? I feel, very, I feel very strongly about this in the opposite direction. I always go for the team. Players coming, and, and Marino, obviously, one of my all-time favorites, an absolute legend. Players come and go, the franchise is forever. And and I've experienced this a ton with teams. Like, you know, thankfully he did end up coming back. But like when Dwayne Wade left Miami, if the and it wouldn't have been the NBA Finals, obviously, but if the Heat had had played the Bulls in the conference championship, I, I would not have rooted for Dwayne Wade over the Heat. And I love Dwayne Wade as much as I love Marino. I would not have rooted for Marino over the Dolphins. It's just not, it's just not in my DNA. And and I know that. You know, I know that Marine, a lot of people will make an exception for Marino because of what he meant and still means to this city. And maybe there are people out there who were even bigger Marino fans than they were Dolphin fans. But for me, it's always about the team. Even if, even if the circumstances of that player leaving may have really been the fault of the team more than it was the player, I can still never root for an individual player over my team if he's not wearing my uniform. Never. I cannot do it. I took 60 phone calls that day. I still remember the exact count. It was 40 to 20, the vote was, for Marino's club. Fake fans. Like, I, I, I just don't think – I don't think I, these, are, real, these you, are not like, real fans. If they're picking a player over the team, I don't know how you can call yourself a fan of that team. Like, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. Who's ever wearing that jersey, that's who I'm rooting for. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I root, I root for the laundry, not the player. Yeah, no, I, and see, you you and I are in complete lockstep on that, and and I and I say that understanding how much Dan Marino means to so many people in this town, and and like you said, forty to twenty, and I would imagine probably a lot of the people listening to us now feel the same way. I just I can never ever root for a player over my team. Do you think Frito that if if the Patriots were to face the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, do you think a lot of Patriots fans would be cheering for Brady over Belichick, even if he's in a Bucs uniform? No, I wonder. Later, I, no, I think they would root for Belichick because Brady's won Super Bowl. He's won oh, six. True. Good you point. Know, Marino Good point. never did. So they yeah. both have won six. Well, actually, Belichick has won eight because he was an assistant coach for two two, for two more. Um, no, I think they'd want the Patriots to win. And uh, I, I, I doubt there would be many that would say Brady, but who knows? But now, as a Dolphin fan, if we were to get a Bucks versus Patriots Super Bowl, I would root for for Brady and the Bucks in that spot because my 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 beef as a Dolphin fan, my beef is not with the Buccaneers laundry. My beef is with the Patriots franchise and their laundry. So if given the choice, if I have to root for Belichick to beat Brady or vice versa, I'm rooting for Brady to beat Belichick. It, I don't know who, I, I just want the greatest, a great game just to see. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the ultimate chess match in football. I mean, the, I could just see, you know, uh, Brady huddling with the defensive coaches for, um, you know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and say, all right, th- th- this is, you know, you might think, you know, Belichick, I'll give you even more information. Well, it's been a fun show today. want to thank everyone who tuned in, interacted with us. Huge thank you to Larry the Amigo. Even though I don't reach out to this man often enough, I'm a terrible friend. I I, I would not be a good producer or a good board op if I didn't give you this right before you signed off. You have permission to be 30 seconds late. Phillies Blue Jays series has been canceled. Breaking news. Wow. Phillies and Blue Jays series has been canceled. uh, Apparently a coach tested positive, and I think someone else on the 
Bro, Stafford, yeah. Yeah. So I just yeah, wanted you to so, know that. And right as you're signing off, you. I felt it was the right way to handle that. But thank you for letting me be your yeah. producer today. I appreciate it. Oh, they, you did a great job. Even I though I think it was, uh, I think it was Brianna doing most of the work back there. But it's all right. <laughs> and, ja- and Jacob says thank you, our cat, one of our cats. Awesome. So gr- great stuff by Jacob and by Frito. For Frito, I'm Dono. We'll talk to you guys next Thursday, same time here on Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Dono and Frito show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM, channel 145.